From Relay FM, this is Analog episode number 50. Today's show is brought to you by Fracture, photos printed in vivid color directly on glass and red hat. Different for the sake of better technology. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined as always, as I have been for the last, I think, maybe 47 times. Casey Liss. I think it's more than 47. No, no. I, I've, I think I've taken two weeks off. Oh, because this is episode 50. Yeah. This is a big deal. I think, I think I've taken maybe two off during the time period. I remember there was one with Stephen and I, which was good, but I don't remember any others. Maybe only one then, so like so 48 other times. Well, whatever. But it's episode 50. Look at us go. I didn't think we'd make it past 20, to be honest, but here we are. I think uh, you said 12 initially. I think you, you might be thinking. right. Yes, I probably thought it was going to be like neutral, and、uh, here we are, episode 50. All feels. This is just proof, more proof, and Mike was right because Mike really、oh, was right. Oh, God, here we go. For this one, I really, really was right. Yeah, you were on this one.、Uh, you're not right about the phone, so.、Uh, six plus, too big. Too big. Well, many people disagree with me. That's all right. All right let's do some follow up. Well, the follow up is like a whole. We could spin off this show into just follow up from last week's episode. It wouldn't be the、Bearing、first time mind, it's happened. As we record this show, the, show the, the episode has only been out for two days. Yep, yep. Not a lot of time. A lot of follow up. And I have had more email in the last two days about this show than I have had in the last two or three weeks about this show. Oh, yeah. Lots of people have opinions. Most people agree <laughs> with you, though. Most people agree with you. Like, they're, they're on your side about this, this speeding scenario.、Uh, what I did like to see, like, less, I, of course, it's nice to hear people agree with you. Hashtag Casey was right. But、um, I did like to see that even the people who said, oh, well, speeding's terrible. You really shouldn't do it, yada, 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 still said, oh, well, that guy was a big jerk about it, though. And that made me happy that, that at least my. My being a little offended by that tweet that we spent oh, too, oh so long、uh, talking about, a lot of people seem to agree with that. So I, I didn't want to put all of the stuff in because there was too、sure. much, like too much just agreeing with Casey. So there is one, I think there is at least one message where it's kind of like trying to put another spin on it that we didn't put on it. Ourselves、yep. as to why this person may have been upset at you, and I'll get to that one in a bit. But before we get to any of this follow up, it's worth just mentioning once more for programming reasons next week's episode is going to be all about the Rocketeer.、Um, it will be a full on Mike at the Movies episode, nothing else, just the Rocketeer. So if you are hearing the sound of my voice and you have not yet seen the Rocketeer, you have one week to rectify this issue. Make sure you go and do that. Yep, it's a.、Uh... It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see if I will write the wrong that was sneakers. Not to say that sneakers was wrong, but you didn't care for it that terribly much. And I'm hoping, I am deeply hoping that the Rocketeer will, will, will agree with you a little bit more. So, just like you said, Mike, you have a week to listen to it.、Um, we will not be doing anything else other than Rocketeer next week. So, if you, if you send in any follow up between now or even、uh, before you're listening to this, perhaps, and And by the time we get to episode 51, forgive us, we will be going back to regularly scheduled programming for episode 52. Yes, because if you are listening live andor in the, in the time that me and Casey are recording this right now, we are doing those episodes back to back. It's going to be a long night with you and me. <laughs> Let's start with a follow up. <laughs> First piece of follow up comes from Tyler. And this is what Tyler said. Tyler says to me, And you. Mainly me, I think. I've been told by my criminal justice professor, who was also a police officer, that speed limits are purposely set too low because they know people will speed. A road such as a highway road could withstand cars traveling at maybe 100 miles an hour, but they will set a speed limit of 70 miles per hour so that when people do speed, they are actually creating more danger. They aren't, sorry, creating more danger. <laughs> Right? Because if they set it at the maximum speed, then if they were to speed past that, it would be way too dangerous. If they were to, to set speed limits at the maximum speed that the road could handle, people would still speed and it would become even more dangerous still. So, knowing this, Tyler has said, I think Casey is doing nothing wrong by driving 10 to 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. So, 
<laughs> I have a feeling with this, and I, I I take the most issue here with that last statement. I actually I do as well, and and I see I see what you've written in the show notes. And I won't steal your thunder, but suffice to say, I agree with what you're about to say. So even if this is the case, was uh, whilst I believe Tyler got this response, and whilst I believe that he's a criminal justice professor who was also a police officer knows what they're talking about. It still seems a little weird to me. However, it makes kind of sense, but still seems a little, I don't know. Um, basically, there is something wrong with it. The law is still the law. No matter how they decide to set the law, the law is the law for a reason. Mm-hmm. And Casey, if he does speed, no matter if he's going five miles an hour over the speed limit or 50, he's still breaking the law. That's very true, and I, I don't. I hope I don't sound like I'm, uh, like I'm, you know, blowing you off or brushing you off. Like I, I'm being genuine. I am. I am absolutely in the wrong from the from the from the eyes of the law. And to be honest, if if I'm going more than the speed limit, I'm wrong probably in other ways. In that it is more dangerous. It may not be terribly dangerous, but it is more dangerous than doing the speed limit. So. I agree with you, not only in that I, by me speeding, I am, I am breaking the law, but additionally that I thought this feedback, while very interesting and, and corroborates a lot of what I've heard over the years, um, it was at the end, it kind of fell apart for me because I am doing something wrong by doing 10 or 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. Although, as I'd said last episode, it is rare to see me going more than like seven or eight miles an hour above the speed limit. But cars traveling at 100 miles an hour on the freeway seems stupidly dangerous Uh, it depends right so in america it is crazy dangerous mostly because nobody in america knows how to drive properly myself included i do things that i shouldn't do and i don't pay attention as much as i should i view myself as a pretty darn good driver all in all but i could certainly do better that being said, as you've heard on numerous occasions, Mike, when we were in Germany on the Autobahn um, and with Marco and Tiff, uh, Aaron and I were in the car with them, we were doing 130 for like an hour, and I did not feel unsafe at all. And Aaron is a comparatively more skittish passenger than I am, and she didn't feel unsafe at all. And the reason that is is because Germans take driving, on the whole anyway, way more seriously than we do and are way better at it than we are and their roads are built way better for it so i think in the grand scheme of things you're right mike that generally speaking doing 100 miles an hour is just freaking dangerous and you know what i guess to backpedal a little bit it is in germany too it's not that it's not dangerous it's just that it's a lot less dangerous in germany than it is in the uk or in the u.s so Clear this up for me because I don't feel like I've ever been completely sure about this. Mm-hmm. Is there no speed limit on the autobahn? So the way it works is there are many areas of the autobahn that do have a speed limit, but there are unrestricted areas. So if you think about it, let's say you're driving. I was going to try to use a UK analogy, but I've, I know nothing about your geography, um, which, by the way, your segment on um, upgrade about the US states made me laugh so hard. But anyway, um, if you're driving from New York City to Richmond, where I live, you're going to go from New York City into New Jersey. And New Jersey doesn't have a lot of really big cities on the Jersey Turnpike. And then you'll hit Philadelphia near nearly, and then you'll hit a bunch of other big cities after that. Well, if that were Germany, what would probably happen is around New York City, you'd have several varying speed limits. Then through all of New Jersey, where it's relatively sparsely populated, or at least there's not as much uh, congestion on the highway, perhaps, um, you might have an unrestricted area. Then as you approach Philadelphia, it'll become restricted again. Does that make sense? So basically yeah. by the big cities and anywhere there, where there's a lot of traffic, you're going to have restrictions and speed limits, but in the wide open areas between, it'll be unrestricted. Okay. That makes sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with, uh, I agree with you, Mike, that uh, even though I think Tyler's right in that the speed limits are set lower than the, than the, than a road theoretically could handle, I still agree that if you're doing more than the speed limit, I mean, this is binary. You're either breaking the law or you're not. And in that case, if you're doing more than the speed limit, you're breaking the law. Okay, so let's move on with this Mm -hmm. bumper speeding (laughs) follow-up. The next comes in from Vamsi, and Vamsi says that they wholeheartedly agree with Casey, 
um, and that the vast majority of people in Australia, where Vamsey is from, tend to drive at speeds that are up to 10 kilometers an hour over the speed limit. But what's interesting about this is that it seems that 10 is the magic number, because whilst people in Australia go 10 over, it's 10 kilometers an hour, whereas based on the discussion, it seems that people in America and probably people in the UK as well tend to drive by 10 miles an hour over, which equates to 16 kilometers an hour over it as it would be in Australia, which would be frowned upon. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. I never thought about it that way, but it makes sense. And to be clear, I mean, not everyone does 10 miles an hour over. It's just, I would say your average driver in America... And I, and I think you're right, Mike. I think the UK treats us very similarly. The average driver in America will do up to 10 miles an hour over without really blinking an eye. And most police officers, not all, but most, tend to let up to about 10 miles an hour slide, which is why I said to you a few minutes ago, I'll usually do like seven or eight over because usually I'll get away with that without any issue. It's very rare that you'll have a police officer pull you over for less than five miles an hour over and somewhat rare for less than 10 miles an hour over. Yep. So uh, I think it's just interesting when you think of it that way, that obviously that 10 yeah. is very, very different. It's a very human thing, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, then we have from Matt, and Matt wrote in, and this is the, the, like the, the flip side of this, like the other part of this. So Matt uh, wrote in to say that like, he's basically trying to offer a potential for why uh, our person from last week got a little upset with you. So Matt says this, Casey is a public figure, at least in the circle of people on the internet listening to podcasts. And as such, his voice has more power than almost all of his listeners. Specifically on Twitter, this power manifests itself as follow account, and each one of Casey's nearly 15,000 followers adds to said power. So the guy from last week, one would assume, does not have the voice or power that Casey has. And so if something comes up that he feels strongly about against Casey's views, his only real way to even remotely become possible to get Casey's attention is to subtract from the power of Casey's Twitter account by dropping the follow account by one. It's the Twitter version of voting with your wallet. However, since Casey has so many followers, he certainly wouldn't notice a fluctuation of minus one, and therefore for John's move to have any effect at all, he's got to let Casey know that he's lost a follower. And then, as Matt continues, yes, his tone could have been more civil, but to me, this is the answer to the, que- to the question Casey said out loud multiple times on the show, why did he have to send this tweet? I thought this was a really great observation by Matt. And and I think I kind of – I felt like this these thoughts were rolling around in my head, but I I couldn't verbalize them nearly as well as Matt has. So I'm, I'm glad that Matt wrote in and I appreciate it. This is – other than having a loss in the family that you and I talked about quite a bit last week, this is the best explanation I've heard yet as to what would cause someone to fire off that snarky tweet. And I still don't think the snarky tweet was necessary. I still don't really – Well, I still think it isn't necessary to tell me, well, I'm not following you anymore. But what Matt says makes perfect logical sense to me. And he very well could be right. In fact, I'd go so far as to say he's probably right. What do you think? Uh, I would, again, I I don't, whilst this makes sense, I still don't even think that that may have been the reason the guy did it. But it does make sense as a reason that somebody would. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there was a little bit too much anger in it. Like, it was clearly like a, a rash decision. We have not heard from that person, by the way. No, that is correct. And I, I don't know if we will. I did look a couple of days back to see if he had caught a lot of grief on Twitter, which I wouldn't have wanted to come out of this. Um, well, you know, the the turd within me would have enjoyed it, but the, the rational adult in me would not have. And so I'm glad to see that nobody has given him any grief. And please, this is not a passive aggressive call to action. Please do not give him any grief. It does not help anything. It's it's just stooping to his level. That's not that's not constructive. But I am glad to see that nobody took it upon themselves to be a cowboy or cowgirl and uh, and, and take action. We have something to talk about a little later on, which is quite similar <laughs> to that idea. Yeah, I set that up a little better than I intended. Yeah, um, but I just thought that this was a very interesting way of thinking about it and putting it, that it is kind of just like, if he would have just unfollowed you, it would have had no effect. You never would have known. Yeah. 
All right, we've come to the end of our um, follow-up in relation to this topic, but there is kind of one more piece of follow-up that I want to do, but we may as well take a break here before we come back to address that. And Frank, our friends over at Fracture for sponsoring this week's episode. Fracture is a really great company with a really cool product. They are transforming the way that people print and display their favorite images, and they do it in a way that I really love. Now, a trillion photos will be taken in 2015, and Fracture wants to help you rescue some of your favorite moments from the dark corners of your camera roll or a timeline somewhere. It's super simple. You go to FractureMe.com, you upload a photo, and they don't just make an amazing print, it's an amazing print of your photo directly onto a piece of glass. They take your photo and print it onto glass. I don't know how they do it. It feels like kind of magic. I reckon it probably is magic, and they found some sort of way to do this, but it really produces these fantastic results. These glass photo prints look like no other print or frame or anything else that you're going to have at home. You'll be able to mount them and display them so easily to the wa- to the on the wall and be able to show them off to the world. They do this with by giving you this backing that's on the back of the photos. So it's like a piece of glass, then the print, and then this foam. And like the foam board on the back is really easy to hang on the wall. They give you a nail, a screw in the box. And if with their smaller ones, with their small square sizes, you can also opt to get a little stand so you can put it on your desk if you want to. They give you everything that you need right there. Each fracture is hand-assembled and checked for quality by the small team in Gainesville, Florida. And you can get your fractures in five different rectangle sizes that go all the way up to 21 by 28 inch. And there are also three square sizes as well that are perfect for Instagram shots, album covers, podcast artwork, and so much more. Fracture prints make super great gifts for family and friends, and their prices start at just $15, so they're not going to break the bank. Um, I have bought some for friends. I've had some bought for me. I've bought some of my own as well. I really love Fracture prints. They don't look like any other photo that I have at home. They, they just look so awesome. And for me, like if I ever am going to get a picture to display for myself or for anybody else, I'm just going to go to Fracture because the order process is super simple. They're packaged really well. They've shipped from the US to the UK for me. I've had, I think, seven Fractures, all perfectly fine, not a scratch or a mark on any of them. Um, it just seems such a no-brainer to me these days, especially with their prices, the way they start out, which is $15. That's nothing. You can help support this show and get 10% off your first order with the coupon code analog thank you so much to fracture for sponsoring this week's episode just go to fractureme.com to get started thank you to fracture for sponsoring this week's episode yeah i just have to quickly double down on that one um i didn't know what to think of fracture when they started sponsoring um until i received one i don't remember if it was a freebie or if i bought it but one way or another i have bought many fractures after receiving i think one for free and they all look phenomenal they are really awesome and if you're hemming and hawing about it just get one of the smaller ones just to dip your toe in the water but i pretty much guarantee you're gonna love it they are really really awesome definitely check it out yeah they start a good size like just pick a pick something that you like from your instagram feed and just get that printed and you'll be you'll be off with the races yep really good stuff all right one more bit of follow-up i believe and then uh we can move on to some topics Yes. Uh, Noah wrote in, and Noah said, you mentioned, uh, this is to you, Casey, uh, that you're more focused on spending time with your family than chasing the promotion uh, that you may have wanted in the past. So these days, you're more focused on spending time with your family than necessarily chasing a promotion. And you frequently toy with the idea of going full-time with your podcasting and writing. We spoke about that a bunch on the show. What no one wants to know is, are you not concerned that someone from work higher up than you will listen to an episode of Analog and reprimand you in some way or have a different opinion about you? Um, a little bit, but uh, the company I work for, um, we pay a lot of lip service to wanting a really good work-life balance. And I think generally speaking, we not only talk the talk, but we walk the walk. And so if I say on this show i'm okay with not being a superstar at my job and i mean what what is someone really going to say to me like uh, i should try harder i mean i'm trying as hard as i can i'm just not working more than the obligatory 45 hours a week that we're expected to work and if somebody really came down hard on me for not working more than the than the required amount of hours 
then that's a pretty solid hint that I don't want to be working there anymore. And the luxury that I have working in the field that I do and having the skills that I have is that I know there are other places I could go work, both locally and, and elsewhere. Um, I am a little nervous about it. I don't want that to happen. Like, I don't mind if people at work listen to my to my shows. And in fact, a, a coworker of mine and a good friend of mine um, who recently left the job um, that that where we both worked. Um, so she's she's off at a different place now. I know she listened to it and she enjoyed it. And you know, we would commiserate in many ways about about the things that we found frustrating at work. Now, to be fair, she was not a superior; she was a peer. But nevertheless, it's not like nobody at work listens. But I don't know. You could say she was a superior. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I thought I was the one making the dad jokes, not you. Come on. Uh, that was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Um, but anyway, but yeah, so I mean, I am a little worried about it. But on the other side of the coin, like if I'm doing the job that I'm being asked to do, shouldn't that be enough? And is me aspiring to do my own thing? Is that really bad like is that a bad thing it's not that i'm saying i hate my job because i don't there are days i like it and days i don't but you know what it's a job if i did my own thing there'd be days i liked it and days i didn't i mean do you like every single day that you're doing things for relay mike every day i like every day there are bits of many days i don't like yeah close enough so there's good and bad to be had everywhere. It's a very fair question. And for all I know, I'm going to have my boss or my boss's boss come to me and say, hey, guess what? I've been listening to Analog and we have to talk. And that's going to be an uncomfortable conversation, perhaps. But I don't know. I try very hard not to be disparaging of the particular place in which I work because I don't really have disparaging things to say about the particular place in which I work. Um, I, I am less... I'm less uh, guarded about being disparaging about working for somebody else because I think everyone kind of wants to work for yourself, and I don't think that's unhealthy. Does that answer the question? No. I think it's fine. Okay. I think it's fine. I, I, I did just wonder if – because sometimes you say things, and I'm like, I don't know if he wants to say that, but then you never ask me to take those things out, so you must want to say them whether you think you should or not. So I'm never going gonna to – make mm -hmm. you change that kind of feeling about you because I like it because when we get into this stuff I like how open and open and honest you are about these things and it's one of my favorite things about the show so I'm never going to stop you from from doing that yeah and I, I mean sometimes I wonder if I should say the things I say and outside of analog I mean completely unrelated to analog um, I think I've become known around the place that I work as the person who is most willing to speak his mind and for a while, I think that was really cherished because I don't think a lot of my coworkers were willing to do that when I first started. Um, now, I think it's starting to get me in trouble because sometimes when you speak your mind, you call out things that people don't want to hear. And so because of that, I've started to pump the brakes on that. And I've been less vocal about trying to make things better for people, myself as well as coworkers. And I've been much more heads down and quiet. And then, of course, I get dinged for not being vocal because it's so valuable for me to be vocal. So it's a vicious cycle. That's a total blast. But um, be that as it may, you know, I, I, I bring that up because I don't think it would be surprising for a peer or, an, or a superior to hear the things that I have to say. Because a lot of the things that I'm saying on this show, I've said at the office because I want things to be as good as I possibly as they possibly can be at my work. And I don't think they're there. And of course, they never will be, but I don't think they're there. And I want to make things better for my job because right now it is my job. And tomorrow it's going to be my job. And I am not in a position that I am planning to leave. Um, just because I may want to doesn't mean I'm planning to. And so um, I, am, I am trying to make the best place to work that I possibly can. And sometimes that ruffles some feathers. And you know, it, it is what it is. I'd rather speak my mind and let people know exactly what I think and where I stand than be passive aggressive about it. On the idea of causing trouble for yourself, uh, in in my old workplace, I was de I definitely always spoke up uh, when I thought that something was dumb or wrong mm. or bad or stupid, mm -hmm. and I would do this to superiors and yep. superiors of my superiors. Even yep. same here. Um, and I thought that it was going to get me in a lot of trouble. And I thought that it probably was getting me in trouble. And uh, during 
my first review with my most recent boss. So my first full year review in my new role, the marketing role, with my first boss who'd been there for a year as well. Um, she asked me about my development points and I said to her that I think that I should learn to keep my mouth shut a little bit more. And she said to me, and so after she said this to me, I felt good about it and just carried on doing it, uh, was basically that the idea that in an environment like the one that we were in, all anybody cares about is saving their own skin and yep. that it is incredibly valuable to have someone in her team and in the team that we are in at large to be there to basically call people out on things. And yeah. And that she said she would stick up for me, but she said that she knew that everybody that mattered also appreciated that in me. And I, so. think, I think that's largely true at where I work. The problem, though, is that occasionally I'll stick onto something that I think superiors, superiors, superiors know is a problem, but don't necessarily want to fix or perhaps are not empowered to fix. And then it starts to become not as embraced. So I'll say like, man, the way we staffed that project was really crappy and we really screwed that up. And maybe it was the CEO that caused that problem. That doesn't go over quite as well as when I say to my immediate boss, oh, I think the way we did this is dumb. And the problem I have is that I'm not shy. And I'll say that in front of the CEO, if he happens to be within earshot when I'm, when I'm sharing this piece of information. And <clears throat> I think some of, some of my coworkers do value that exactly like you said, Mike. And I think some of them, their feelings get hurt more easily and they don't value it like the others do. But here again, I keep thinking to myself, well, if I genuinely can look at myself in the mirror and say, you spoke the truth and you were not a jerk about it. You were just saying the way you saw things. If I get fired for that, or if I get grief for that, then, oh, well, or you know what? Maybe that's not the right place for me. If I can't say when I think something's broken, like if everyone has to worship our CEO, not that I'm saying this is the case, but hypothetically, if everyone has to worship our CEO and, and he isn't capable of taking criticism, that's probably not a place I want to work anyway. Uh, I'm being a little dramatic right now, but I, I, I presume you see what I'm driving at. So hmm. I don't know. You got to fight for your rights, Casey. To party. I mean, to work. I mean, what? <laughs> to, to do both. Yeah, exactly. All right. So what are we talking about today? So it's kind of actually a little bit related to last week. And, and I actually think that that might be why it happened in the first place. So <laughs> basically... Last, a couple of days ago, sometime, maybe some, sometime in the last week or so, uh, you sent me and a few others in the Relay chat a, a tweet. Which is our typical way of coping with BS on the, uh, on the internet, is we put yeah. in the Relay chat so we can all give each other a, a virtual hug. Yeah, so listen up, you guys and girls out there. If you say something mean to us... <laughs> We're all going to talk about it. <laughs> Behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's true. And, you know, this gets into a long conversation, which we shouldn't get into. But, you know, do you prefer you being whomever? Do you prefer for people to get that off their chest privately rather than complaining to the entire world about how much of a jerk this person is? But like, we'll probably come back around to that. So anyway, tell us what happened. Well, we're going to do both. So... I mean, at this point, like, so I'm not going to link to these tweets, but I am going to say the names of them and read them verbatim because, as we'll get into, so many people have seen them anyway. So, the you tweet, tweet I think you sent two, yeah, you put two tweets in the mm -hmm. room to us, but like said, read the conversation that went on. So, the first one was from this guy called Jordan K, who said, It's weird how during at ATP FM's whole diversity discussion, no one suggested the obvious, replacing Casey of a woman who would actually contri contribute. That was the, the first tweet. And there are just so many issues with this. <laughs> Maybe we'll get back to some of them in a minute. Um, and then there were a, a few replies the first reply was from a guy called Amro who said, that's kind of mean. Yeah, and I've met Amro at WWDC, and he's a super nice guy. So we can see that about Amro because he straight up said that, and then this Jordan person tried to uh, sent a reply, but Amro was having none of it. So bravo to you, Amro. 
Um, and then the next one was from a guy called Marco, not that one, saying, <laughs> I actually enjoy more listening to the ads than him. I feel like I'm not getting anything out of it. So there's a couple of points in this one as well. So let's go back to, to number one, and then we'll, I'll break that down a little bit. So the first part is saying that, well, actually, there's a few. So one, say, like, I don't know if this person actually thinks that it's weird that you didn't suggest this. If they think that is weird, then that is weird. Yeah. Like, if they think that it's, it is genuinely weird that neither you or Marco or John suggested replacing you, <laughs> that's weird, right? Because obviously, no one's going to suggest that. Um, you guys did talk about the fact that you had no desire to change the hosts. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, you guys then did a, the show swap, which was really great with Rocket, but that was just like a temporary thing. But it was kind of like a, and I totally understood this from from the perspective of you three is we are the hosts of the show. We're trying to find ways to make this better, but we're not going to add a new host. One of the hosts is not going to go away because the show is this. This is what the show is. It's the three of us. Right, so I totally understood that. So that was kind of something that was never on the table, and it would be kind of—I think it's kind of a silly thing to suggest. And mm-hmm. now I can wait for people to tell me how wrong I am. Um, but then it's this other part of like, who would actually contribute? It's like what? I don't know if they're listening to the same show. <laughs> like, because there are certain topics that. I mean, if there is ever one of the three of you who contributes the least, it tends to be you. Yeah. Because you kind of have less to say. Marco and John have lots to say about everything, mm-hmm. which is exactly what makes the show really, really fun to listen to, which is what made their own individual shows so much fun to listen to. But I have said this to you. Um, I've said this to other people. So I believe that you are the glue that holds the show together. Like the, the two of them together, like just John and Marco, like I don't think that that would be as entertaining. They need you there to help move the show along, to throw in, like, quips and and to get them talking about stuff, as well as the fact that you very frequently have your own insightful and interesting things to say about topics. But I think that fundamentally for me, my favourite thing about Casey on ATP is the fact that the show can function and run due to the fact that you are there (laughs) to help it do that. Right, right. Because both John and Marco in their previous, like, podcasting, endeavors we're always used to having someone there to help them move the show along right so it it it, it helps them both that neither of them have to worry about doing that that you are there to facilitate that if you want that i don't know if i'm speaking out of turn uh but at least that's how i see your your role no i think that's fair and and i said to a couple people um that got involved in this conversation which we'll get to in a minute um but i said to a couple people you know one thing i've been struggling with um well, that seems awfully negative. One thing I've been trying to get better at is embracing when I don't have a lot to say. So, for example, um, just an episode or two ago, I don't recall specifically which one it was, um, we were talking about the whole Safari is the new IE thing. And John and Marco were just firing back and forth. And they were both, like, on fire in a good way. Like, not that they were angry at each other. They were just, it was a really intense conversation. And a long stretch of time went by where I didn't really say anything. And there were a couple of occasions that I had something I wanted to contribute, but A, I didn't want to derail their conversation, and B, what I wanted to say was really not, you know, earth-shatteringly insightful or amazing. And so what I'm trying to get better at is embracing um is embracing not saying things. That it is okay for me to be quiet for a while. And I, I sometimes I do better at it than others, but I'm trying. And I don't know. It's it's offensive. It's not even just borderline offensive. It's just straight up offensive to me that someone would say I don't contribute. And I think maybe I'm wrong, but I think that a lot of that comes from I was an unknown quantity. And you, I think you've said this to me in the past, Mike. I was an unknown quantity, and these people don't understand why I deserve to be there, and they don't. Not maybe them personally, but you know, or someone else doesn't. And it's offensive to me to say I don't or to to say that I don't contribute because I do. I may not contribute as much as they do, but I contribute. And I have in I have my own opinions and thoughts and things to say. 
And it's it really deeply offends me when I read things like this. And the thing that perhaps bothered me most about it was that Jordan K included at ATPFM. And specifically, it wasn't even a subtweet, which subtweeting in and of itself is a little obnoxious, but it, in this case, I would have preferred it because I probably would never have seen it and my day wouldn't have been ruined by this tweet. But they decided it wasn't good enough to say that I don't contribute and that I should be replaced. They needed to double down on it and call it to my attention because there's a pretty good likelihood that I'm going to read all of the mentions for at ATPFM. And you know what? I do. I also read all of the mentions for at underscore analog FM, every single one. So I was going to see it. I did see it and I was going to get offended by it and I was offended and hurt by it. So you've jumped the gun a little bit. We'll come back to that. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Then Marco Cero was the other one that you sent us. Um, and they also replied, I actually enjoy more listening to the ads. Oh, I said this one already, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually enjoy more listening to the ads than him. I feel like I'm not getting anything out of it. Then you replied mm-hmm. uh, to, to this one and so then to the both of them. What are you looking to accomplish by saying these things? Do you realize that I have feelings too? Which if I'm going to reply, which maybe I shouldn't have, but if I'm going to reply, I like to think that is the best, most reasonable way to do it. This is last week exactly what yep. you said you were going yep. to do. Yeah, this that, is from the exactly John Syracuse right. School yep. of replying to trolls. Exactly right. Um, and then that person replied, I do, sorry if it hurts you, just expressing my opinion. <laughs> which was, I do realize that you have feelings, just expressing my opinion. Which was amazing to me. I could not believe that this Marco fellow s- decided to say, yes, I know you have feelings, but you know what? This is my opinion. To which I replied, and it's exactly how I feel. So that just magically makes everything okay? Here's an idea. If your opinion is hurtful, maybe not express it. Like, just because it's your opinion doesn't mean you have to share it at all, or even more specifically, with me. Like, why do I need to hear that? That's just not friggin' necessary. So, by the time that we got to this point, by the time you got to this point in your discussion was the time that I had seen the tweets. Mm-hmm. So I go on here and I read through and I'm getting very, very angry. Very, <laughs> very angry. And I click the reply button and I write out a tweet and I delete it. Then I write out another one, which is basically about 400 characters long. So I have to keep. And I'm sitting here for about maybe five or 10 minutes trying to fit what I'm trying to say into 140 characters. So I said, it would be better if you did this without mentioning ATP. By doing this, you're just being directly mean. Yeah, which I thought, while un- while unnecessary, it was very much appreciated, and I thought you handled that well because you weren't being a jerk about it. You were just saying, "Dude, that's not necessary." Well, one of the reasons it took me about ten minutes is because originally I was being a jerk about it, <laughs> and then I, uh, for then I was debating: Do I use at ATPFM or yeah, not? Yeah. Like, I feel like if I use it, it's kind of undermining the fact that I'm saying don't use right, it. So, right. going through all of this. And I do it. Now, the reason I, I sent this reply is this has been something that has been rattling around in my head a lot recently, which is the idea, and so many people tell me this, and on the whole, I believe this is the right thing to do, is to not reply to people like this. Mm-hmm. And especially not to jump in in a conversation like this and reply on your behalf because it's just whipping it up by acknowledging people in this regard, you are adding fuel to their fire and it's more difficult for you to be able to pull away after you put something like this out into the world. Once you engage with this person and you end up having this to and throw or this argument, it becomes very difficult. And this is something that I'm trying to deal a lot more with uh as my audiences are growing with the shows that I do and as more and more people, more people that don't know me and that kind of stuff, as I get opened up to that a little bit more, I'm having to deal with a little bit more of this than I have before in the same way that you do. Now, the thing that I wasn't paying attention to when I sent this tweet 
was that I clicked reply to you. Mm-hmm. So everyone that follows both of us saw this. Mm-hmm. And this was not what I wanted. <laughs> because if I wanted to do that, I would have put a little full stop in front or a period in front and made everyone see it. Right, right. My intention in this was not to show people what was happening here or to highlight uh, to other people what was going on because what there was a couple of reasons. One, I didn't think that was necessary. I had an opinion that I wanted to get out because I was angry at these two numbskulls <laughs> for upsetting one of my closest friends. It made me really, really angry and I wanted to let them know that I thought that what they were doing was unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Which is that, appreciated. It really is. You didn't... Even, I mean, I know the reason that you send me send these things to us is not, you know, for any of that. But it's like, I usually never do this, but it's just because I've been thinking about it a lot. Because there's this part of me like, why shouldn't I be able to? Why should these people be able to say these things to me? To which then more calm, rational people will tell me why they obviously <laughs> shouldn't be able to. But... It's not about whether they are allowed to or not. It's the way that you deal with it that's, that makes it the situation different. So uh, it basically didn't dawn on me until a little while later when scores and scores of tweets are coming in. And basically people are calling this guy a jerk and like uh, in some instances or in other instances telling them why they love you or just telling you why they love you. Uh, and I felt terrible about this. Um, for a couple of reasons. Not, I didn't feel terrible about the fact that I had said this to them. I still felt fine about that. Uh, I didn't, I think I kind of did feel bad about people calling them names. Yeah. Uh, where I maybe shouldn't have to but i think i did i'm pretty sure i did because it wasn't my intention and i feel it undermines my point well maybe i don't know for me it undermines the point that i'm trying to make by turning it into a thing where now i'm being a jerk back whether my jerkiness is founded or not is not the point here yeah by me turning the internet upon these people I am being a jerk, even though, right, and, and I maintain that it's, if they would have said, if they would have written the characters A-T-P and just said that, that is perfectly fine for them to do because they are talking about you without bringing it to you. People are entitled, they are entitled to their own opinions. People are entitled to their own opinions. They are entitled to share them on social media. If that's something that they really want to do, to share them with their friends, to talk about them, even if they're not good. And then that is on you for like vanity searching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But my whole problem with this was that they brought it to you. And that was what annoyed me about all of it. So, you know, like my my feeling is I am then bringing people to them, right? I am like, so that was what annoyed me. And I felt bad about it. And I kept apologizing to you, but you didn't seem to be bothered. No, um, I didn't seem to be bothered because I feel like karma kind of bit him in the butt. Like you may not have intended for this to happen, but a lot of people came out of the woodwork to say very nice things to me. And oftentimes included this Marco individual or this Jordan individual in those kind comments. And while I agree with everything you said, Mike, that in a perfect world, maybe this isn't the way this would have gone down. I can't, I, I, I'm, well, I could, but I'm going, I'm not going to feel bad that they got inundated by people who like me, like whatever. I mean, that's tough noogies for them. If they want to be a jerk and something bad came of it, well, then karma's working. Um, and it was funny because you said to me something along the lines of, oh, God, I'm so sorry that your you know, at replies are blowing up right now. And, and I think I replied with something along the lines of, you're sorry that a bunch of people are telling me how much they like me. Yeah, yeah, you should be. It's terrible. I, I just – I. It annoyed me that I didn't pay attention enough because it it really wasn't what I was intending to do. But I just wanted 
I mean, they probably don't even know who I am. Neither of these people follow me. Um, they, I just wanted, I just wanted them to know that it is unacceptable. Yeah. To do this. And there is this other part of me that hopes, really does hope, that they listen to some of my other shows and they love my shows and they love me. Because if they hate you but they love me, I know this is such a weird thing, but it's it was something that ran through my head. If they do love my stuff and they think that I'm really awesome, if I am telling them that that is unacceptable, I hope that it would hit home more than you saying it when they clearly don't care about you anyway. No offense. No, no, no. I completely agree. And to go back just a quick step, if the roles were reversed and I had jumped in on this conversation and caused you to get inundated and perhaps more importantly, these two uh, numbskulls to be inundated with all these replies, I would have felt just as bad as you feel right now. But looking at it from my point of view, whatever. They kind of deserved it. If they're going to be jerks and they get inundated with people saying how wrong they are, whether or not they're wrong, whether or not I deserve to be on ATP is irrelevant. It's just like I said, karma came around and bit him in the butt. And the good thing that came out of this situation, and and specifically because of your tweet, Mike, um, the good thing that came from this situation was I realized that, well, I always know it in my head, but my heart remembered that... For every couple of just complete jerks on the internet, there are a bunch of really great people out there. And in fact, I tweeted, hard thing I need to remember more. For every couple of jerks, there's a ton of really great people out there. And it's true. There were so many people that said such lovely, nice things to me. And I deeply, deeply appreciated it because these two tweets that these numbskulls sent really bothered me a lot, really bad. And the fact that Marco... Uh, again, not Arment, the other one, just was like, well, that's my opinion. Shrug. Like, what kind of a self-centered jerk do you have to be to think that it's okay to voice your opinion? Like, you know what, Mike? My opinion is that you're a terrible podcaster and an idiot. But, (laughs) you know, you can't, you shouldn't be bothered by it. It's just my opinion. No, no, that's not how the world works. That's not what being a nice human being is like. So, I don't know. I, we should probably get off of this subject because I feel like all I've done over the last couple episodes is complain about how how jerky the internet can be. But I guess to, to bring it back and just repeat one more time, I, I was overwhelmed by how many nice things people said. Um, in the relay room, I, I had uh, a couple of people in the relay slack come and say just tremendously nice things. Um, I had a couple of people um, that, you know, mutual follows or even friends uh, say some just really lovely things over uh, direct messages, which was totally unnecessary, but totally appreciated. Um, It it, it ended up, you ended up turning that frown upside down, but God, it's just tough sometimes. It's tough to be on the internet. And again, I don't think this is just... This isn't specifically for quote unquote famous people. This this is applicable in many other ways and not just on the internet. It's just because the internet grants you anonymity, it's so much easier to be a turd. And you know what? The lesson you should learn, kids, is you really don't have to be a turd when you're on the internet. You can be a nice man or woman and that's okay too. I have to say, I didn't until about 10 minutes ago look at these people's profiles and it's like seeing where they both work, and I'm like, what is wrong with you two? Yeah, and it was interesting. Um, one, I don't remember. I genuinely don't remember who it was, and I'm so sorry that I don't because I thought the the point made was brilliant. But somebody pointed out that one of these two individuals actually works at Twitter. Yeah. And they said to me, you know, maybe the reason Twitter is so bad at dealing with harassment is because they're the ones in some cases committing that harassment. And God, I wish I remember so bad who it was. I feel like it might've been someone in the relay slack, Um, but whoever it was, I thought it was a brilliant comment. And I think it's right because one of these two people saying these just unnecessary, nasty things works at Twitter. And what surprised me more than anything is neither of them said anything more. Not a thing, which in a way is sort of doubling down on it. I was just expecting that people that would say something like this would be the type of person that would argue and lash out or something like that. I agree. And I mean, yeah, well, you know, actually, maybe I should give them credit for not engaging. 
and doing better than I did, actually. Well, they should have apologized to you. Well, they should have apologized, but not engaging is a, is the next best thing, I suppose. I mean, no, there is no next best. Thing. <laughs> There's one good thing only, which they they both should have apologized to you, even if it could have been a big city apology, right? Where it's like, I'm sorry, I made you feel that way, or no, not I'm so, no. The the big city is I'm sorry you felt that way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you felt that way. Or, you know, even the idea of like, I'm sorry for voicing my opinion, right? Even just anything. Yep. But nothing. And it's just <sighs> people. But I wanted to bring this up because I thought that it dovetailed nicely onto last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, it was something that annoyed me. It's been something I've been thinking about. But also, there was an unintended consequence of it that I do kind of wish wasn't the case, but I'm happy that at least it brought you something. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and uh, real-time follow-up, um, I I think it might have been Max Temkin who had said that about Twitter. Um, I don't have the tweet handy, but um, a little birdie is telling me that's who it was. And that would definitely – I would agree. That that certainly sounds like an observation Max would have made. So um, if that yeah. was Max, then uh, I apologize for not remembering. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was him. Anyway. Let's take a second break. This week's episode is also brought to you by Red Hat. What does it mean when every commercial bank in the Fortune 500 relies on Red Hat for enterprise software, or every department in the executive branch of the U.S. government, or every airline in the Fortune Global 500? It means that more than 90% of all of the companies in the Fortune 500 understand the value of supported enterprise open source software and what that can bring to their business. If the value of open source is the rapid innovation, freedom, and interoperability that comes with the community-powered technology, then the value of Red Hat is taking responsibility for that technology, testing it, enhancing security, and certifying that it will work in your data center. So, what is Red Hat doing that is making such a big difference? Well, it's simple. Simple, but not easy. They make sure you can get all the benefits of open source without the risk of doing it all yourself. No one else can make that promise, much less keep it. So visit redhat.com to see how they can help your enterprise with application development, storage, and cloud computing. Red Hat, different for the sake of better technology. All right, so, so what's this that? week, Noah asked... How do you listen to podcasts with the person that you care about? Uh, I recently started seeing someone, and she knows that I love podcasts. She's interested in listening, but I don't know how to introduce her to the shows that I love. I think that she would love listening to the two of you, and I would really like to introduce her to the Johns, Syracuse, Gruber, and Roderick. How would you recommend sharing one's love of podcasts? And do you ever listen together? It can be difficult sitting in silence for one plus hours of listening to other people talk, especially when they, uh, Noah and his partner, don't always have a lot of time to spend with each other anyway. So the best way I can recommend to do this is if you're ever in a car or a plane or a train for a long period of time, when you otherwise wouldn't necessarily be actively doing much of anything and you kind of have a captive audience, that's the time to try a podcast. And the only podcast that Aaron and I would listen to simultaneously was the now, uh, now retired IRL talk, May It Rest in Peace, uh, with friend, friends of the show, Faith Corpy, who has been on the show once or twice, only once. We should have her back. Um, but well, she's been on twice, the same as Jason's been on once. Wait, Jason was on this show? Do you not remember this? No, when? Oh, the oh. Best, the best yes. moment in oh, our sorry. history? I was thinking of like a full-on episode. Yes, I do remember that. That was the best moment in our history. That was wonderful. Uh, we should have both them. Well, we should have Jason properly on and we should have Faith back. But anyways, um, but yeah, so uh, we, Aaron and I would listen to IRL Talk together, uh, typically in the car. And I say IRL Talk because I feel like that's a much more approachable show than ATP, than... Um, then the talk show, I don't listen to Roderick on the line. Uh, I know that's terrible. Please don't tweet or email me. Um, but uh, I feel like that's probably also more approachable than a lot of these other shows. Although Roderick, from what I gather, has a lot of inside jokes. Um, I think that's a very good first step. Um, 
I feel like I was going somewhere else with this, but I don't know what. But that's the only thing we ever listened to simultaneously. And the only other shows that we both listen to, although this one we don't listen to together, is uh, Just the Tip with Paul Kafasis and uh, Amy Jane Gruber, which does uh, like 10 or 15 episodes at a time once or twice a year. And that's it's very short. It's very easy to get into. And it's really funny. And that's another one that I'd recommend. And I say this not because I'm trying to get away from tech shows or, you know, I'm not trying to imply that, that a woman or, or a, your, whoever Noah's partner may be, maybe it's a man, um, that they wouldn't like a tech show. It's just that all of these tech shows that, that, that Noah mentioned tend to get pretty deep in the weeds. And for someone who's not used to podcasts, that's a tough thing to approach. How do you work it out with Adina? She does listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so she actually listens to a couple of hours at Relay. She listens to this one. Uh, she affectionately refers to you as Case Man. <laughs> I told you about this, yes, right? Yes, that's a callback to uh, the nickname show from way back when. Like, to the point, like, she actually, me and you, uh, like, sorry, me and her are talking, and she will mention you, and she refers to you as Case Man. <laughs> like, that is that's something adorable. that happens. Oh, that's adorable. Which makes me laugh every time. Like, she, she even said today, she's like, what time are you and Case Man recording? <laughs> Oh, that makes me happy. Uh, so she lists this. I think she listens to she listens to Cortex. She really likes that. Um, and I feel like she maybe listens. Oh, she listens to Bonanza. So she listens to the stuff that isn't techie. Like she has listened to all of the shows, but the ones that she is stuck like to listen to are the ones that are most applicable to her. Because she is a nerdy person. She is just not like she just she just doesn't care about whether Safari's the new IE or not. You know, <laughs> she just doesn't care about it. Well, I mean, I would maybe argue that maybe none of us should care about that as much as we do. Well, but, there's that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and she listens to a bunch of stuff on our own. So she listens to This American Life. She listens to Startup. She listens to Serial. She listens to Mystery Show and Reply All. So she likes the kind of the more mainstreamy, traditional uh, storytelling type of podcast as well, you know, mm-hmm. like the stuff that Gimlet produces or This American Life produces, um, which, you know, you look at the charts, that's where the people are, it's perfectly fine. Yep. Uh, but I think I find listening to podcasts with someone to be just awkward. I think any time other than in a in a car or a train or something like that, I tend to agree. Like there's been a couple times where we've attempted to play IRL talk just like on the home theater stereo. And it's a little bit weird. I agree with you. Um, Cause like I was listening to uh hello internet the other day and I was prepping for us to cook. Like I was just starting chopping the vegetables and stuff. And then Adina came downstairs and I stopped it and she was like, put it back on. I was like, uh, no, it's okay. Because it's like, there is this other part of it. It's like, well, like, there's a few things. That one, I'm like halfway through the episode. It is not, it is a show that really benefits to you knowing what they're joking about. Like like, a, like so many shows. Like mm-hmm. it really does aid it. Like, and then this whole other thing of like, I want to enjoy this. And if I have to feel like you're not enjoying it, then it's going to take away from my enjoyment and also as well like i listen to podcasts on my own it's weird for me to share that listening with someone yeah i hear you and you know fabi fabi i'm so sorry in the chat has said um, oh come on i'm having dinner with my husband listening to you guys please don't invalidate my choice of soundtrack uh I i think that's pretty funny and i think the point i'm driving at is just sitting and staring at the wall and listening to a podcast, that's a little bit weird. But if you're in the midst of doing anything, including eating dinner, then that at least it's it's then the podcast becomes a diversion, if you will, rather than the highlight. But uh, it's weird. For I do a- think that if there was any show that we both listened to, that we would maybe be more inclined to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't have any shows that overlap. Yeah, that's Aaron and I, the only one that was IRL talk and uh, just the tip. But just the tip, we you know, we both enjoy, but we weren't like totally into like we were IRL talk. Uh, but I, I will say that I really enjoyed listening to IRL talk with Aaron at the same time because, you know, it's fun 
being able to really laugh at something because you know no matter what media you're consuming if you're around someone it just makes everything makes everything's funnier because you know part of the experience of listening to this or watching this movie or what have you is reacting to it and in getting to gauge the reaction of those around you and so you know i feel like i would laugh harder at irl talk because i was listening to it around someone and around aaron than i would maybe otherwise and and I enjoyed like pausing the show and being like, oh, my God, could you believe that Jason just made the pause joke for the 11,000th time or what have you? And um, and I, I really enjoyed that. But that was a very rare special snowflake. And I mean that not sarcastically and pretty much everything else. I, I can't imagine us listening to together. But I did really enjoy it, though, when we were both listening to the same shows, like when we were both listening to Serial, both listening to Startup, um, that we would talk about them. Like, what did you think of this yeah, episode? Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that, but the actual act of listening was it's just something that I think I'm so used to doing on my own, it feels weird to share it with anyone. Like, I just... <laughs> I just want to listen to my podcasts, man. <laughs> nice. I think that's it. This week's episode was very kindly brought to you by Red Hat and Fracture. Thank you so much to those lovely companies for, for helping make this show possible. If you want to find us online, I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Casey is at Casey Liss, C-A-S-E-Y-L-I-S-S. That's Casey Liss, and he's also CaseyLiss.com. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to watch The Rocketeer, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Casey Liss. See you later, Mike. <laughs>